Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi again. We were going through the book of Hebrews in this series of teaching. Now I'm in Hebrews chapter 10. And in chapter 9, Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews was telling us about the about the new covenant, which Jesus Christ ordained by his own blood. And he, he was the one that made the testament in the will, the Father's will, that is that was written down for this out on this why this estate. That's the testament. And then he died to make it to get into to to bring it into, into force because a, a testament is not it's not it's not in force until the man that is that rule the will is dead. That's when the will begins to be enforced. In, in, in now, after he died, he rose again by himself to enforce it, come back and enforce it. And that is what made Christ the, the mediator of the new covenant. And it's the high piece of approbation. So those are all in the book chapter, Hebrew chapter 9. Verse 10 now. Let's go to chapter 10 now. For the Lord, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commands they are unto perfect. And, and this writer is still comparing the old covenant with the new. Comparing the old covenant in the old testament the ritual, the blood of goats and the blood of bulls and so on that they used to cover their sins and sin offering and so on in the temple. It's comparing that with the new. The new is the everlasting covenant Christ has made once and for all. Our sacrifice is the blood of Jesus Christ sacrifice once and for all. For anyone that comes to him now, you are eternally redeemed. But it's not like a once saved, forever saved. You have to follow him and let him come to lead you. Very important that I point that one because some other Denominations are pointing to this Bible and say we are forever saved. And does that mean you can go and be committing sin and think you are forever saved because you just believe? You say, no, you better live for him because Christ has eraser. So I will not blot out your name after the book of life. If you can blot out names after the book of life, that means it's not a forever saved, once saved, forever saved. No, it's not once saved, forever saved. Yes, we have eternal redemption only if you maintain it. You have to stay in him. Stay in him so that he doesn't have to erase. Your name from the book of life. That's what Jesus Christ said in the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Yes, I, he said that if you don't overcome, that means you go to erase your name out of the book of life. Now let's continue. Of Hebrews chapter 10. He said that the blood of gold that they use in the Old Testament cannot make those people that are sacrificing perfect. It's like temporary coverage. He said, For then will they not have ceased to be offered if they have been perfect and they don't have to keep offering every year? Because that the worshippers once purged should have no should have had no more conscience of sins. So you see, when that is comparing that with the new covenant, when Christ says we are purged, he has put a new spirit in you, there should be no conscience of sin in you. There should be sin no more in you, because sin shall not have dominion over us. So that's what he's saying. So if you say the one that the gold, the blood of God is not perfecting them, then the blood of Jesus Christ better be showing to better let it show that it perfects us in the way we live for him. Permanently, and any offense bring it to the Lord Jesus Christ because that's purging. Verse 3 said, But in those sacrifices in the Old Testament, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Verse 5 said, Wherefore, when he, the Son of God, cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body as thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. 
that is God, Christ was prophesying to King David that all of those sacrifices they were doing in the Old Testament, God has no pleasure in them. He said, but verse 7 said, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Christ came to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is that this lamp of God is going to be sacrificed for the human race forever. Once and for all. His blood was to be shed from mankind. The blood of goats, the blood of bulls, the blood of cattle that they have been using along was temporarily doing something. But the blood of holy person, God is going to use once and for all to, to take away sins. Verse 9 said, Verse 8 Above, when he says, Sacrifice and offering, and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not neither add pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Take away the first covenant, so I can establish the second covenant. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You hear that? We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. It's for the whole world. That anyone that come and partake of it is the one that the sacrifice is for. The sacrifice will work for you when you accepted him. That's why he said, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You have to accept Christ and then that sacrifice is for you. Once and for all. Verse 11. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering sometimes, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, talking about Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Verse 14. Now he's referring to chapter, verse 10 where he said, Sit down at my right hand and make the enemies their footstool. Talking about the Messiah. After he has conquered death and hell and he has ascended to heaven, he said, The Lord said unto my Lord, See that my right hand that made the enemy that that was prophesied through the mouth of David was in the book of Psalms. Verse Psalm 110. Hebrews chapter 10 again, verse 15. Whereof verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Remember that Bible verse. By one offering, Christ has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, we are perfected forever. Our spirit has been perfected forever. That's our spirit. You see, but I still run into these offenses. That is what we are working on. The Holy Ghost is working on that. To perfect our spirit, our soul, and our body. So that the saints have to be perfected. Remember the Bible said, He put the ministries in the body of Christ, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. It's for the perfecting of the saints, which means the saints are not perfect. Even though the spirit is perfected, our spirit is in us, a new spirit has been given to us, perfected forever. We that are sanctified. But now our soul and our body that this spirit is carrying needs to be perfected in all our thoughts and our ideas and our, our temperament and our meekness and our gentleness. Those are all emotions in the soul. That needs to be perfected by the washing of water, by the word of God that is teaching us to purify ourselves. That's what he's saying. But our spirit has been perfected forever according to the scriptures of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Verse 15 says, 
whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, as in our spirit, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, the, where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. So when the sins are of, uh, remitted, no more offering for sin. Verse 9 says, Having therefore, brethren, a boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Now it's going to start some giving us exhortation. All the teaching you have been talking about have been comparing the, the old covenant with the new covenant, comparing the blood of the ghosts that are doing temp temporary things with the blood of Jesus Christ that do eternal things for us. And that is what he has been doing so far from chapter 7, 8, 9, 10. Talking about the priesthood of our Lord Jesus Christ, comparing it with the priesthood of Aaron. Talking about the covenant that Moses put down compared to the new covenant God is writing his law into our heart. He changed spirit. He's putting a new spirit in us. See, it's a new, that's why I say anyone that's in Christ, you are a new creature. A new creature, a new creation. That is created inside. So that we now live like a righteous life from inside and our body and soul are to be perfected in following that spirit in us that is what the exhortation the apostles ministry the prophet ministry evangelist ministry the pastors are to do for the body of christ until we come to that perfection of our soul and our body so that we yield always to the spirit of god in us and to our own spirit that is controlled by the spirit of god in us that we yield to that because our spirit have been perfected forever according to this Hebrew chapter 10 verse 14. so now it's going to begin to give us exhortation in the next few verses that we are to all fast the profession. Say, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 20 says, Let us all fast the profession of our faith. Now, that is exhortation to every one of us that are believers. Without wavering, for he is, a, he is faithful that promised. God is faithful and he will bring it to come to pass that we are to hold fast. Verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. That is when we finish one another and provoke one another to love, loving your brother, loving your sister, loving one another, loving the boy, loving the creation of God, just walking in love, not in anger, not in jealousy, not in envy, not in striving, not in disunity, but just love. Provoke one another to love and to good works. God said that now that we are saved, we are to do good works. It's not the good work that will save us. It is we that are saved are to now be producing good works that will give us reward when we get to heaven. That we please our Father God because our work is to please Him. And when we please Him, we are going to be rewarded for that. He said that the servants that are giving talent, they are already servants of this man. But He's going to reward them when He comes back by what they do with the talents He gives to them. So that is what the reward is all about. Not to save us, not to make us part of him. We are already part of him, but now you have to do the good works that you are expected to be doing. Verse 25 of Hebrews chapter 10. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, that is, be in a local fellowship where your iron is chaplain iron, as you exhort one another. He said, don't forsake the assembly of yourself together. 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I was saying that in 2000 years ago, the day is approaching every time. Even those that are that are that were getting older, the day of going to meet the Lord, the Lord does not come in their generation. That day is coming closer because when they get when they die and leave this planet, the work stops. And what you have done so far is what's going to be rewarded. So that's why you better do something that will be rewarded. If you only do 50%, then you'll be rewarded 50%. Because God is not going to be passionate. So that's why he's saying. As you see the day approaching, as we in our generation see the day of the Lord coming closer and closer, you better work more, do good more, do the works of righteousness. They say that good works, love, kindness, gentleness, all those things that will be rewarded by the Lord Jesus Christ. Along with working for the gospel, send your donation to the gospel, it will be rewarded. See, that's part of the work. Verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully, now it's warning people about offenses because you say you have been saved. It's not forever saved. The one saved forever saved. No, don't take that mindset. You are saved from your sin, but now live for Him and be careful to fear God. Because very important to walk holy and humbly before God. Because anything that is willful offense is going to be it's going to mention in verse twenty-six. But if we sin willfully, like you purposely went and did that when you know it was wrong, and your conscience tells you not to do it, and you went and did it, you that's like you brush off your conscience. Brush off your 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 the spirit that is talking to you that you don't do this, that's not that's not allowed. And you went and did it anyway. After that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remained no more sacrifice for sins. Any offense, any sin, if you purposely went and did it, then you have received no more sacrifice for sins. That means the blood of Jesus Christ is no more for the person. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment. And fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. In the Old Testament, they brought two or three witnesses to, come, to testify that this man did what they say he did wrong, and the, the punishment for him to be stoned to death, they were stoned to death. Also, he said, just, just Moses' law. But when I say, how, of how much sorrow punishment, suppose he shall he be thought worthy? Who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing? That if they if they trample upon the blood of Jesus Christ and say it's not holy, then that means they are not accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior anymore if they first accepted it. And then they have done despise unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that has said. Vengeance belongs unto me, I will recompense, said the Lord, and again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Pastor to say, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. Now, it's just warning believers that have. Surrender to Christ and we are following the Lord Jesus Christ, not to willfully sin. But willfully sin it means that you're locking, shutting off your mind from the Spirit of God that trying to tell you not to do those is often. And you willfully go to do it. That's what it's warning about. That there will be, it's like the blood of Jesus Christ does not mean anything to the person anymore. You see, call to remembrance that the former days when you became a believer, 
you enjoy a great fight of affliction where people persecuted you and you ridicule you. Don't forget that you suffer for Christ. So, but that is partly why you were made a gazing star both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly why you became companions of them that were so used. You say, well, you, when you are part, partakers with me, you are all suffering for with, together with us. So don't ever don't forget that they are going to be rewarded. Don't throw it away. Those things are going to be rewarded. Don't throw it away and go into the life of sin or, or throwing away all your glory that you are already acquiring. Don't throw it away. But start first say, for ye had compassion of me in my bonds. That's Apostle. That's why we Apostle wrote that he was one that wrote this book. Talking to this book that when he was in bondage, as uh, arrested or beaten, beaten and uh, arrested by this, he said, Ye guys have compassion on me. And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goose, knowing in yourself that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Then you suffered with us when we were suffering persecution. So that's going to be rewarded by God. It's what it's doing in all this exhortation. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Verse 35. Don't cast it away. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Remember? All the sufferings that we have suffered for the gospel, or some people are beaten for the gospel, some people preached, they were beaten, their parents are forsaken them because they took, they accepted Christ, and followed this gospel of Christ. He said, don't cast it away. Those are your confidence that you are following the true God. There will be a reward for, for suffering for Christ. So don't cast it away and go back into the world just because they are persecuting you or because you, or because your parents don't, don't want you to follow this Christ religion. Don't pass it away because there's a reward for standing firm. But as he said, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. There's need for patience to receive that promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. The Lord will come, it's a fixed time is coming, and just don't throw away your confidence, be patient. Now the just shall live by faith, verse 38. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So we are to believe that we are not going to draw back, we are going to believe to the end, to the saving of our soul, because God is good. And that is the end of chapter 10. Now we are going to go to chapter 11, which is part of exhortation. Apostle Paul is going to continue to exhort Believers from Hebrews chapter 10 is already, and in chapter 11 is going to talk on faith, exercising faith and the faith of heroes of faith. Because the, why it was pointed to the heroes of faith? Because they have the similar thing, they went through similar things. The heroes have to be tested to become heroes of faith. Everybody is exercising their faith. And so when we go to chapter 11, you see that the heroes were people like us when you really begin to dissect their lifestyle. They were one just like us. And they just stood firm and they were called heroes. And God will allow them to be tested and then God will bless them. So we are seeing the blessings that came to them by the signs and the wonders that followed. But they passed through some challenges, some trials to get that signs and wonders to follow. So we are going to go to chapter 11 right now. And I pray that the Lord God will open your heart when we begin to talk about these heroes of faith in chapter 11. I have a little pamphlet of books on this chapter where I preach on heroes of faith. And from this chapter 11 that we that we based on now chapter 11 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen 
we can start right there. He said, faith is the substance of something you are you pray, you believe something, but say in your heart will be an evidence in your heart that I got it. I got it. You can't see physically, but in your heart you have the evidence in your heart that I got it. That substance is faith. Of things you hope for. And it's the evidence of things you have not seen yet. You have to believe. That's what Jesus Christ said when he said, When you stand praying, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And you believe you have received them already right now. And then begin to thank him. You say, Well, that's not easy to do because you may believe right now, maybe tomorrow, the thing is still there. Secondly, the thing is still there. And you know, you know how to undo that. That is that is the faith anchor. That's the substance in you that must continue to say, "I have got it, I have got it." But it's two weeks ago you said you have got it. Yeah, it's not manifesting, but keep believing, keep saying, keep coming, but keep thanking that I have got it. That is what he's saying. There must be a substance in you to make you all to something. That substance in you is called faith. That you make you say, "I have got it." Even though I've not seen it yet, it is I have got it. Look at someone. Let's take an example in our real life. Somebody is married, and slept with a with a with a with a husband with the wife and the baby is started the baby is started in the womb if they if they maybe they saw a sign that say well something is growing the woman say something is going on they have that faith they could see can you see the baby yet no you can't see it yet but they believe because the woman sent something very soon two months later the woman is saying something is forming Right now, they can go into the hospital and begin to shake it and say, yeah, there's something from me. But it's kind of faith. But it's not going to manifest until nine months. Also. That is what he said. But you have to keep believing that it's there and it's growing. They say, well, I can see it. I can see the berries. Yeah, that is because you can see something. But it's in faith. is like that. Faith is, even though you can't see it, but you just hold on to it that it is forming. It is forming. That's what Christ said. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In the physical things, you begin to see things for me. But in the spiritual things, you have to hold on with that faith that it is done. It is done. That is what God is saying. God is saying in the end of the Bible, that says, it is done. When we have not seen the new heaven and new earth yet, say it is done. That's what God says, it is done. It's faith. It's prophesying it is done. But it's already done. Yeah, because it's, it's already done. We have to believe that it is done. So you see, it is the same thing. Faith is what God says. Without that faith, you can't please Him. So we have to believe with Him. And confess that it is done, and all of it with that faith that it is seen. We have not seen it yet, but it is done. Verse 2 says, For by it, by this faith, elders obtain a good report. And it's going to begin to talk through the two, one by one, these elders that you are talking about. Verse 3 says, Through faith, we understand that the walls, these walls, I say they are plural walls, not just the one the we are in, we are in this physical earth called planet Earth. But there are other words that God has created. He said, the words were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. But the word of God created this world and all the walls that we can see. Verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Now he started by he's going to go through the heroes of the Bible. He started by Cain and Abel. And he said, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. How did he decide to offer this and the other one offer that? Somehow God must have revealed to him. And says by faith. And he was said to be more righteous. 
And like last week, he was still speaking, even though he was dead. He was speaking, it's not just speaking, his spirit was speaking to God. That's why I say by that faith, he was still speaking to God even after he was dead. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's, let's explain that of Enoch. We have wrote, I've written some, if you have not read my books on that, uh, Christ has abolished death. There was a, a chapter there about the fit of Enoch. We are elaborated some of these things about the fit of Enoch. How did he get to believe like this? You get that in the book. Christ has abolished death. A chapter the, the fit of Enoch. And on my website, you can still see that sermon, the fit of Enoch. Now, this is given an example of how Enoch believed God. God must have shown to that generation that if they please God and work with God, God can give that immortality to anyone that will please him. They know that Adam lost something. When he, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they lost something that made them to be naked and that made them to now begin to die. And God said, true to them, if you come back to God and repent and walk with God, God can give that immortality back. But they may have been trying. The Bible said that then men began to Call upon the seek the face of God. But Enoch in the seventh generation was able to get to the mark. And God said he pleased God. So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that coming to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we have to diligently seek God. Now, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an act to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, imagine this story of Noah. You can go back to read the book of, you know, the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, 7, 8, where Noah was told to, to build an ark. And you can see that it takes faith to, to even believe that what you are hearing is from God. That's one thing. If God showed himself to him physically, no, he was hearing voice or a dream also. But many of us are hearing dreams and voices right now too. By the when we are believers in Christ, we are hearing dreams, we are seeing dreams, and God can speak to you in dreams and visions. So it is the same day as I say they are like men like us. We we we, we praise them right now because of the result they got. And the result they got was because they followed God and believed, like we are saying. So we if you follow if you are following God, we believe also. God will be ministering to us like he minister today. So Noah was reputed that he, he feared God and he made the heart as God revealed to him and he saved himself. By doing it, he condemned those that they believed, they believed not and they didn't repent and they didn't come into the heart. He condemned them. So that's how we that are believers in Christ Jesus, we that are living right for Christ, we are condemning those unbelievers that refuse to believe, that thought is a monkey by evolution, that thought man are monkeys, that came through evolution. We are condemning them in before God. That's either what Righteousness, we condemn the unrighteous. The righteous people are condemning. Just by living among them, you are condemning the unrighteous. The people that are living good, are con living right before God, are condemning the wicked people. Like, don't you see that how the other people, even the war people will tell you that. 
when they see somebody that is doing wickedness, don't you see your brother is doing better? That the presence of that group person that's doing better is condemning the one that is not doing well. That same way is what he's saying there, that we that are living right for God, we are condemning those who refuse to live right and they thought nobody can live right. No, some people can live right. If you come to God, he's going to wash you and fill you with himself, with the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue this chapter 11 because this chapter 11 is, see, is a very deep point. We'll continue in the next broadcast. God bless you.